One of the big news stories of the week in this country in the past few days has been the, well, uh, the Shaw-Rogers merger, which, uh, well, has is not yet a done deal. It's been negotiated and it's uh, been heard by a variety of, of sources, but we still don't have a final opinion on it. Uh, we're going to talk about it today uh, from a perspective of the Anti-Monopoly Project. A pleasure to welcome Keldon Bester to the program, co founder of the Canadian Anti-Monopoly Project, fighting for a more democratic economy. Says so right on their website. Keldon Bester, good morning and welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you with us. Give us the uh, the thumbnail sketch, the, the elevator sketch, of what has transpired with the Rogers-Shaw deal in the last few days, because as I mentioned, it's not yet a done deal, Keldon. So take us to where we are today. Exactly. So in the past uh, week or so, the Competition Tribunal, which is a, as a specialized competition law court, basically rejected the Competition Bureau's challenge of the merger and said, you know, it's fine to go ahead so long as Freedom Mobile is sold off to uh, a Quebec-based company, Videotron, um, to allegedly replace the um, competition in wireless. Now, the Competition Bureau had argued that that remedy was not sufficient. The tribunal disagreed with them, but now the Bureau has taken them to uh, the Federal Court of Appeal, and that's going to be heard on January 24th. Uh, Keldon, I, I, I was talking earlier about this and said uh, one of the uh, important aspects of the deal, as as I understand it, and, and you, this is for your comment, uh, is that ultimately at the end of the day, after everything's been signed off, Western Canadian consumers will pay exactly the same rates as Eastern Canadian consumers. Calgarians and, and Vancouverites will pay the same charges as Montrealers and Torontonians. Is that your understanding as well? Well, you know, I think it's a it's it's a risk that they're taking. We we have an existing competitor that's being aggressive, or that has been aggressive over the past couple of years, and and we're being told that with a series of agreements with Rogers, um, Videotron will be just as aggressive. Now, my big question is, you know, why does Rogers want to create a disruptive competitor for itself? You know, that logic doesn't really hold up for me, and and makes me quite skeptical of the deal. Now, obviously, the competition tribunal is less skeptical, but I think that's a result of our laws that really favor these mergers. I've uh, I'm looked at, at a fair bit of uh, feedback and commentary beyond yours, of course, from the Canadian Anti-Monopoly Project, Keldon, and uh, from everybody from the Chamber of Commerce in Calgary uh, to the folks in the National Post, and on and on it goes. Lots of commentary about this one. Freedom Mobile, as I understand it, was responsible for having, in fact, uh, mobility charges reduced uh, across the board. They came in at such a competitive lower level they pretty much forced all the big boys to readjust their prices somewhat downwards. Again, is that the case? Exactly, and I think that's a, a real great demonstration of the value of competition. Even a relatively smaller player can force uh, these majors to respond. You know, we, we see this um, certainly in telecommunications and related to another pending merger RBC's purchase of HSBC. Oh, sure. Again, we have a we have a small player, but one that was aggressive to the benefit of consumers. 
So the, the fear would be what then, Keldon, if uh, Freedom Mobile is sold off to Videotron, which is Pierre-Carl Pelado's uh, company there in Quebec, and vanish into Quebec, uh, how is that going to in any way uh, keep the dynamic, the competition dynamic outside of Quebec alive? Well, the deal will allow Videotron to expand into uh, Freedom's footprint. And I think the worry is, is that Rather than be a disruptive competitor, they become a, another member of the uh, you know sort of telecom oligopoly we're sure. all too familiar with, and and a big part of that is these favorable agreements that Rogers has struck with Videotron, whether it uses those to compete aggressively or simply you know reap a higher margin business. I, I think that's the risk we're taking with this deal. Okay, so now the minister, Philippe-Francois Champagne from Montreal, uh, has, uh, is, is vacillating on this because, of course, it is before the courts. What role, if any, does the minister have in the ultimate uh, disposition uh, of the decision? So the minister plays a very important role in that he has the final sign-off on the transfer of what are called spectrum assets. And really this is kind of like... Um, space on the airwaves, really, to to, to um, offer wireless services, and, and all telecom companies need these. Yeah. So while, while only one part of the deal, it is a critical part of the deal, uh, and, and the parties will be looking for his approval. Now, before the competition tribunal hearing, the minister, you know, effectively said uh, under two conditions uh, he would be willing to transfer these assets to Videotron, but I think there's an opportunity here now that it seems like this deal, you know, absent the results of the appeal of the appeal is likely to go through for him to strengthen those conditions. So uh, in the National Post, for example, they're saying uh, this is not yet much of a political football. Uh, uh, the NDP have come out against it. The conservatives are concerned, Keldon, but not really for or against anything yet. Uh, the government, in the person of the minister, is reserving decisions, so uh, not demonstrating a great deal of support one way or another. Do you expect this to become more politicized? Well, you know, I, I hope it gains more attention. I, I think this process is, is quite technical and, and difficult for folks to follow who have better things to do. Yes. But it's, it's important for Canadians. So, you know, I don't know if I would use the term politicized, but, you know, the government, uh, uh, Parliament in particular, and, and its committees have done a really good job of analyzing this transaction. And, and I think they've found what, what many of us think is that it is a, it is a bad deal. So I would like to see a similar level of um, scrutiny on this uh, proposed deal uh, from Parliament. If such analysis has produced a, a degree of consensus, Keldon, that it is, it isn't a great deal. You've said it was a bad deal. Why then is it proceeding? Well, you know, I think for a number of reasons, but but one I would like to point out is that in Canada, the laws that regulate mergers. Um, really don't like to block transactions and, and prefer to strike these deals, um, I think, to the detriment to Canadians. So, you know, one thing we push for is merger laws that are, you know, much more simple and much more effective that deter these mergers in the first place so we, um, so we can continue to benefit from competition as opposed to worrying about whether or not these, you know, crafted remedies um, will, will continue to serve Canadians. 
What's, uh, what possibility does there exist, assuming that this goes forward essentially as is, Keldon, what possibility then is left for small, new entrepreneurial players who want to play on the same field? You know, in, in the wireless space, uh, uh, very little. I, I think uh, we're going to see, we really would see the cementing of a, uh, you know, allegedly four-player model. Right. And, and in many ways, it would be the um, nearly the end of the era of the government's, you know, both conservative and liberals' efforts to create new wireless competition. But, but what I think, you know, on a more hopeful note, is that with that kind of situation, um, the government might look to, you know, through the CRTC um, to open up access to, to much smaller players, you know, something it's been unwilling to do to date. But, you know, after this transaction, that tone might change. So access to, again, this, these public airwaves, these bands that are required uh, in order to conduct business. There, there isn't an infinite supply, but there's more available than is being used right now, correct? Well, and beyond that, um, other countries, um, both privately and publicly, um, create methods for smaller companies to use the infrastructure of, you know, major telecom firms. We already do this in the home Internet space, um, and, and so that model could be extended to um, wireless, allowing um, competitors to compete not necessarily on infrastructure but on the service and, you know, innovative offerings um, that they provide on top of that infrastructure. Does the minister have the capacity in his approval of this to actually ensure in writing that we in the West will end up paying the same charges and fees that folks in the East already are? You know, this is a, this is a good question. Um, you know, uh, the power of the minister is to transfer the assets, but once the spectrum assets are transferred, it, it really is more of a... Um, you know, a question of can they hold, will the, will the telecom companies make good on the promises they got to make those assets? Um, and it really does invo- involve quite a bit of, I would say, soft power because the decision to pull back those assets uh, is a big one. So mm-hmm. it, it really depends on the minister, um, you know, using his, his role um, to, to gain benefits from Canadians, not necessarily something in writing. It's, it's more about his relationship um, and his hold over the telecoms. Indeed. How do you think this is going to end up, Keldon? You know, uh, from day one, I, I thought that the most likely outcome was this um, this sort of deal going through. So I think in in that uh, in that world, we need to focus on how do we make sure it's um, most likely to deliver benefits to Canadians. You know, considering the risks we've discussed, mm-hmm. which which I think is possible. So so it really is in the minister's hands, I believe. Okay. Uh, Great to talk to you today. We appreciate your time on a weekend. Uh, Looking forward to another conversation down the road, Keldon, about RBC and HSBC. You've opened that door and we do appreciate it. So we'll be bugging you again soon. Thanks for this this morning. Great to have you with us. Thanks so much. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.